Hi, I'm Jen Mall, and welcome to Nurse Connect. I am an RN and a board certified nurse coach. I believe that connecting with others is essential to living a happy and fulfilled life, and that sharing our stories not only helps us to heal ourselves, but also helps others by inspiring hope and optimism. I am so grateful to share stories of these incredible nurses on their journey, and I encourage you to find a way to share yours too. Thanks for listening in. All right. Hello, hello. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and just tell me a little bit about you. Hi, my name is Jennifer West, and I'm a registered nurse. I currently work in pediatrics, um, ambulatory care, doing triage and advice. Um, I am also a mom of four and a wife. And I am an amputee uh, since I just had my four year anniversary of my first wow. amputation. Um, so I've been through some things, been a mm-hmm. patient, uh, been a nurse, I prefer being the nurse, <laughs> but um, you know, I've, I've kind of adapted my life over the years because you um, can only control so much, right? Uh, we only have so much control and and a lot of things we can't really control, but like, I know you and I've had the conversation before I can control like how I react to things and I can control my actions, just not mm-hmm. necessarily the path um, yeah. as much as I would love to plan everything. And I had everything figured out when I was you know, 21 and, and started my job with Sutter Health and I'm 45 now. And I look back and I go, wow, I was wow. so naive. You know, it was, it was. <laughs> ambitious and motivated great but also a lot of uh you know just just being naive just not knowing that yeah uh, sometimes the path that we are thrown into is not necessarily the one we plan but but mm-hmm. we can um make it work for us absolutely so are you open to sharing a little bit about how your amputation uh occurred yes i am um I'll try to be as concise as possible, but um, I was working nights, um, my, actually my very first job as a new grad. And um, I noticed that I had some swelling after my shifts. um, And I, you know, just tried to rest a little, elevate my leg, ice. Um, I did go to the doctor when I started getting pain um, and he said, you know, it, it sounds like classical torn meniscus. You could do physical therapy. And mm-hmm. I said, um, no, thanks. I'm a nurse and I do a lot of 12 hour shifts. I do enough physical activity, but you know, maybe I'll just eat less salt and wear compulsion <laughs> hose and kind of did the things I knew how to do and ignored yeah. the other things. No, thank you on the MRI. No, thank you on further appointments. No, thank you to PT because I was like, I am a new nurse and I'm focused on work, 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 work. Mm -hmm. Um, So then fast forward to like late in my pregnancy, I was pregnant um, with my now seven-year-old and I was not only having swelling, but having a significant amount of pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was really good at hiding it because mm-hmm. kind of sometimes that's what we do as nurses. Mm-hmm. And so I wrapped it really tightly and, um, you know, elevated it while I was charting on a garbage can below and oh my gosh. didn't really say anything. Um, I even was, I'm looking back on it. I remember driving with my left foot because at the end of like 12 hour shifts, my mm-hmm 
my leg was so swollen that mm. I was afraid that I wouldn't have the control. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, Wow. I drive with my left foot now, but I have a left foot gas pedal. So anyway, I had an MRI when my daughter was two weeks old. Um, as soon as I could drive myself and um, was referred to um, an orthopedist. And when I went to meet him, I was kind of looking forward to leaving the house. This was my third baby. It was pre-COVID. And so I brought her. I was like, oh, she's mm -hmm. really cute. I'm just going to bring her. And, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully have this surgery during my maternity leave. So I don't have to miss very much mm -hmm. work because I didn't want to. And, um, you know, then he kind of started talking about a mass in my calf mm -hmm. and, you know, some growth on the inside of my knee and some tumors. And I mean, I even at one point was in such denial that I said, I think um, there are a lot of people with my name. It's very common. Why don't you try my middle initial or, or birthday? Mm -hmm. Because I, I have a torn meniscus. I don't have mm -hmm. like tumors or anything. And he's like, sat down, did the heart to heart. And this doesn't mean you have cancer, even though we're sending you to, um, you know, orthopedic oncology. I just mm -hmm. think it's the best place for you to go to get a biopsy. And then, you know, cause sometimes they like to do surgery while they're doing the biopsy, okay. depending on what they think it is. So that's kind mm -hmm. of how it started. And then fast forward through, I had multiple, um, surgeries and biopsies and manipulations under anesthesia. Mm. I even had a total knee replacement. At one time I had my knee replacement removed and I had a a rod in my femur and a rod in my tibia with like a ball of cement kind of holding on. And I had some, my tissue was so gone. I, I remember looking down and my daughter said, I think you're rainbow on the inside. You, you seem mm -hmm. like a rainbow girl. And she, mm -hmm. cause she was seeing the, um, the blue of the cement in my knee. So it was just kind of funny. That was our life for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I couldn't walk. I couldn't drive. I couldn't work. Um, I had treatment depending on the, the drive. It was anywhere from three to five hours away. So I wow. did stay for several weeks with friends. Um, cause I had chemo, I had a trial. I actually was in two chemotherapy trials. Um, and then I had radiation for mm -hmm. 18 days and, um, then eventually, um, what three, years into my treatment, four years in, I had my leg amputated. And wow. honestly, at that point, I was so relieved. I just was ready to move on with my life. I felt mm -hmm. like I was at a standstill and all of these people are moving forward. And, you know, on one hand, I have this really great family, really great mm -hmm. husband and, and good support from friends and, and my sister and my parents and my kids even were so helpful. And, um, on the other hand, I was like, I am a new nurse. I'm getting old. Like I want to move on. You know, I'd like to have more kids and I just want to move forward. And it was funny. I kept seeing this um, sign and it had Amy Purdy on it and she's a double amputee and she's, uh -huh. you know, pro snowboarder. She was on dancing with the stars and, and I read her book and I thought, you know, she can do all of these amazing things. I can deal with having my leg amputated and walk and mm -hmm. work again, drive again. Mm -hmm. like I don't have, you know, these huge, huge goals, but they're really simple and basic. And so that's kind of, um, 
why I was relieved. And it, it was pretty interesting because during the whole process of being the patient and being off work and going through all of these things, um, I didn't share a whole lot, even though I, I'm open. Mm-hmm. I just didn't do a whole lot of posting. I did have a private page that I shared with some people. Um, if you know they wanted to know about mm-hmm. what I was going through and see the gross pictures that most people don't want to see, but they're <laughs> really cool. I mean, the x-rays are fun. Um, and the bowl of my tumors and gross things like oh, that. Wow. But, yeah, it was gnarly, but it, but I, you know, nurses and doctors. <laughs> so um, but so yes, I was relieved and everybody else, I I remember thinking they feel sad for me. And like, mm. I feel hopeful. Like that was the point where wow. I, was like, I am hopeful and I am okay. And I think that a lot of my close family, they didn't want to like cry in front of me and show that they were so upset, but they also were worried because my affect was not what they expected. Mm. But I, I had to explain it to them. Like you guys don't understand, like being home and not able to, you know, walk to the restroom. I had a bedside commode for part of the time, or I'd have to like transfer so slowly and so painfully and, you know, wheel in or crutch into the other room and, Mm -hmm. you know, try not to fall and to just to go to the bathroom. And then it was uncomfortable. I'd have to prop my leg up or have somebody hold my leg, which is so embarrassing. It's not really, you don't feel dignified. Right. I mean, although people, you know, did the best that they could and, and to, you know, turn around or help me, it's just not how you want to live. So mm-hmm. I was like, this gives me independence and freedom. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And then, so that was in 2019. And then about, um, I had my right leg amputated above the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, uh, had another surgery in 2022, called osseo integration, where mm-hmm. I actually, I needed to have a revision on my amputation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got a rod installed in my femur and it has a little abutment piece that hooks onto the prosthetic. And basically it eliminates a socket and a lot of extra layers of heat and discomfort and blistering. Uh, so, and it, you kind of, um, your center of balance is a little off when you have okay. like a traditional subissual socket. It almost feels like you're sitting on a saddle and that's why you mm. see some, some amputees, they do wide leg swings. Oh, wow. But this is, you know, it's supposed to be better on your body in the long run because okay. it's all aligned. You have your ankles and your knees and your hips and it's, you know, you have that stability and you also have um, weight bearing on the bone, which is good okay. because I have, um, I've had some setbacks because my bone was so brittle from all Mm. of my treatment, but also from not having any like, you know, impact on the bone. And as you know, especially Mm -hmm. as women, you know, as we age our, you know, we we're at big risk for osteoporosis. And so I've had some loss in my bone density. And so Mm -hmm. this, um, we're hoping that, you know, with some weight bearing on this leg that I will build up some of my bone density and, um, you know, be at less risk for, for, um, fractures in the future. Yes. Good. So. Wow. Jen, <laughs> that is incredible. I, I think what I was, I've been drawn to you is just your positivity, um, around all of this the devastating 
you know, yeah. situation, um, right. you know, the loss of your career for quite a while, the right. inability to, you know, do all the things that you love to do. And, and, but the way that you have like, you know what, it is what it is. And I want to make right. the best of it. And this is, is the way I'm doing it. And I just love that. So tell me what your life looks like now. So now, um, I'm in, I'm in a rehabilitative process again from this, uh, this last surgery and some minor setbacks, minor, major, I don't know. In school, we learned that femur <laughs> fractures are major for me in comparison. Like I kind of shift my pain scale and my, you know, what's major, what's minor, mm -hmm. right? You know, I don't have any tumors or anything spreading. Yeah. And so to me, I'm like, okay, I can deal with a fractured bone. So I'm in a wheelchair right now. Um, but I do wear my leg for about two hours a day mm -hmm. and I've been starting to walk and do some weight bearing with uh, physical therapy, uh, between parallel bars. I also use, um, full regular crutches. And then I have forearm crutches, which are a little harder, but I've started using those again. And, um, so I'm heading in the right direction. Like I'm not, I'm not uphill. I'm like almost to the top of the hill. Wow. Um, I was just released to swim and, um, I did go back to work in a totally different uh, field of nursing because one thing I knew was I worked so hard. I was in my mid thirties when I went to nursing school, um, mm -hmm. as you know, and I was not going to lose everything I had worked so hard. You know, it's like nursing school is the best and the worst. And I'm like, I did not go through that for yeah. nothing and my career yeah. after less than a year. So yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I knew nursing is like so versatile, um, that I would need to keep up my, um, my, uh, license. So mm -hmm. I did some CEUs and they, they were online and, um, I loved it. I was so engaged, even in like the most boring, I, I think I took, um, <laughs> a microbiology Oh and, wow! Um, ep epidemiology course, which is so yeah. funny because it was pre-COVID, yeah. but I really geeked out on it and enjoyed every second of it because my brain was kind of missing out, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I had been reading a lot, but nothing, you know, uh, I, I learned. So I felt like I learned a lot about different avenues of mm -hmm. nursing while I was going through treatment. So I yeah. kind of, I, I had treatment at Alta Bates and I had treatment at Stanford in addition to Sutter. And so I took that opportunity to kind of network and say, Hey, do you like your job? Oh yeah. What are your role, your roles besides, you know, port access or whatever they were doing Yeah. Oh, or, you know, just ask a lot of questions. And I was noticing that in the clinics, because for oncology treatment, especially they have like you know, they have oncology derm and they have radiation oncology and they have, um, oh, I think you should see this rheumatology, um, but she deals with oncology patients. And so everything is like fragmented in, in ambulatory care yeah. centers. And so I, I went to a lot of those in the Bay area and more and more, I was noticing they have RNs and mm. experienced much with RNs, um, in an ambulatory care setting. Like I knew there, there were advice nurses at the pediatrician's office, um, you know, I wasn't aware that they were at my primary care doctor because my doctor manages his inbox. But, yeah. um, so he mentioned to me one day when I was saying, yeah, you know, I met this radiation oncology nurse and this is what she does. And she was really nice and she liked it. She was like, Oh, when you're done, you should think about something like this. If you move closer and we're obviously not moving to the Bay area, <laughs> but, um, but I thought, 
oh, it'd be really nice if there was something within Sutter. Mm-hmm. And he actually set up a meeting um, the next time I was in. It was a little bit of a surprise. I wasn't ready. I was like in my sweatpants, but um, he's like, I have my RN and she's wonderful. And she has experience. Um, she was a nurse manager before she was my nurse and mm-hmm. she's wonderful. And she set aside some time to kind of like be open to mentorship or um, just talking to you. So she's the one who kind of um, led me to what I'm doing now. Um, And I wouldn't have even probably looked at the position that I initially started nine months after my first amputation, Mm -hmm. which was in Auburn. It was a per diem job. And I mostly did pediatrics, but some... I did some adults and even worked in um, urology briefly and, you know, helped out with some yeah. um, new programs. And it was really interesting because it was a per diem and mm-hmm. I really had no interest in working per diem because I wanted a benefited position. It's what works for our large family. And, um, but it was wonderful. The people were oh, wonderful. Wow. The work is fulfilling because there's more of an education piece. Uh, I worked in med surge before. And so it was very, you know, it's bedside nursing. I work night shift. It was hands on and it's very Mm -hmm. physical, obviously. Um, So it's, I knew that was something that I couldn't do. I had been looking at like, um, like uh, working at an allergist office. I knew they had nurses, Mm -hmm. even though I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, do that, but it's a possibility and nothing really, really grabbed my interest like Mm -hmm. pediatrics. And it's kind of a, um, I have four kids and so it's, it's, and I love kids and I, you know, I, I understand parents because all of my children are so different that it's like, I've been through a lot um, yeah. with them, and I can also recognize emergencies. Um, even though I haven't been an emergency nurse or a peds nurse, but I just, you know, uh, from life experience. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's been an interesting um, path but I love my job and, uh, I can do it in my wheelchair. I can do it with my leg on. That is um, amazing. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'll be happy to be out of the wheelchair, but it's, yeah. but it's, you know, accessible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a good opener with the, the patients, the kids, when I do see them, yes, um, they, I get a lot of stares and a lot of looking yeah. and I totally open, um, and engage kids. I'll, I'll say mm-hmm. hello. And, you know, if they're really staring, I'll say, Oh, did you notice my leg looks different? And, um, because I'm a nurse and I have my badge, a lot of times the parents are a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. sending their kids to me to ask questions than like, you know, if I was yeah. in target and they're staring at me, the parents half the time are horrified. They're like, yeah, don't look in there. You know, they're like, what happened? And, um, so it's, it's nice because, kids can ask questions freely. I mm-hmm. did not have a traumatic incident. You know, a lot of amputees, they were involved in a trauma. They may mm-hmm. have lost a loved one, you know, because, because of that, I know, and because of support groups that I'm in, some people do not like that attention. They don't mm. like questions. It's a constant reminder. You yeah. know, there's a lot of healing and trauma they have to go through for me. Yeah. I'm good. And I mean, yes, I had a lot of trauma that I still have to work through, but it's not, that doesn't trigger anything for me. I'm like, yes, 
I have a little leg and I also have a very cool robot leg. And do you have questions? And, you know, I love, I love it because it sometimes when people like in our culture, especially when something happens that is scary or that Mm -hmm. we don't really know a lot about, whether it's like a disfigurement, a disability or a death, um, we don't know what to say and we feel uncomfortable. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. we do that avoidance, like, oh my gosh, I see that person. I'm not going to say anything or like, I really want to reach out, but I don't want to be brief or I don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is teaching young kids, like, it's okay. It's okay to say something like, oh, it's a regular person. Oh, and it's a nurse and nurses can have little legs and wheelchairs. Like, yes, you know, it's um, just that more education. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I love the fact that you are working and that you're open to talking about it. I mean, I think that it just brings that diversity of we're all, we're all, well, we're all different in in our own ways, whether it's physical or not. And I think the fact that you're willing to talk about it and you're setting an example for so many people, it's like, Hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it too. Like if you want to do this, if you want to push yourself and you want to get back into work or you want to do whatever you can. Right. Exactly. But it's, it's great. Thank you. Well, and one, so I am a part of several Facebook support groups because I don't necessarily like to post, but if I have mm-hmm. something going on and I'm like curious, like, does anybody else have this question or have mm. they had this problem? I might not want that kind of attention, but I'll just do a little search and go, oh, so-and-so posted about this. And let's see what everyone said. I'm not getting medical advice from them, but it's just a way to go like, yeah, other people are going through this and it's not, um, you know or, or they have, they have a fix for something, you know, how, how does your dressing stay on? Yeah. Things like that. People share pictures and go like, Oh, my wound care nurse taught me this and that. And it's like, you know, you, you can learn from, from other people or their preferences or Mm -hmm. my wheelchair here, it's 24 pounds. And so Mm -hmm. when I got back to work, I was really weak and, you know, it's a lot of unloading and reloading. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to use the same wheelchair at home that I do for work, but this one is so light and it's, I found it through somebody on my support group. But, um, uh, what I was going to say was I have noticed there's a couple times where people have mentioned, like they're trying to get disability because Mm. they're in now and they Mm -hmm. can't work. Well, since I've been off from my most recent surgery, I started reading some books by disabled authors and um, I'm not saying this is for everybody because everybody has different starting points and mm-hmm. circumstances, but a lot of people chimed in and said, Hey, just because I can't remember if this person had lost their arm or their leg, mm. but just because you're an amputee doesn't mean you don't have to work. Like there mm. are multiple like retraining programs. I mean, this is a, a support group it, that's internationally, but there are so many things you can do. Like I work with Sutter with the disability coordinator mm-hmm. and they kind of, um, you know, helped me find a job. And, um, you know, I kind of eased into work when I returned yeah. to work my medical leave so that I wasn't like here first day back, I'm going right. full time. I don't work full time, but you know, my full position. And it was really nice because sometimes you are scared because you don't know how sure. you're going to react. How, yeah. how are you going to be mentally? Like, is it going to be too much because, um, you know, chronic illness and, and sometimes waking up 
from sleep because you have pain or, Mm -hmm. you know, my, sometimes my nerves fire differently. And so, um, you know, I get better sleep, uh, on some nights than I do others. And, and that was a way I could, I could start to work. And I could have just easily said, you know what, I qualify for disability now. I'm just going to, you know, collect and stay home because I can't do this. And I was like, Mm -hmm. "Mm -hmm." like, I have some good years left in me. I mean, it's, I just find that um, continuing my education and uh, my role as a nurse is going to be the best for me, not only physically, because it makes me get up, do my ADLs, get ready, put my clothes on, leave the house, all of that, which is exhausting, especially at first, but it's also good for me mentally. Yes. To give a little instead of just being that patient and, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. It's like, nope, watch out. I can try it. (laughs) I love it. This is so awesome. Well, is there anything else that you want to share? I really appreciate you so much for the story. I just have like two book recommendations Mm -hmm. that I would like you to share. So if I email them to you, can you share them? Because I just, you know, and what about these particular books uh, jumped out at you as wanting to make sure they get shared? So just number one is the rep, the representation, right? Mm -hmm. Just having that representation with, uh, disabled characters. Mm. And it's a good reminder. One of, one of the books that I read, um, I have a horrible memory for names, but basically this guy has, um, he has, uh, AMS. And so he's in a wheelchair. He doesn't speak well, like, Mm -hmm. um, but he, uh, it's a fiction, but it's, he really does have this disease and he's a, a novelist mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because his interactions with people and how he almost goes unnoticed in his like mm. familiar area is amazing because you think about um, if you see a disabled person and they're in a wheelchair and you don't know um, is there like a cognitive de- deficit is it just physical mm-hmm like how you might choose to not interact with somebody sure. because you're not sure how to or how they will respond. And it's, I just like that. And it, it just made me kind of reframe my thinking, even mm-hmm. though I'm disabled, clearly, you know, I, it's just, it's physical, but it's like, wow, have I done that before? And it just, I, I like uh, books that make you think yes. uh, and reframe your thinking. Like maybe I need to reassess how I'm doing things right. In nursing, we're going to assess, and then we're going to try things, interventions. And if they don't work, what are we going to do? We're going to reassess, right? right? It's the same idea with our behavior in the world. Like, are we doing something that we could do better? So, um, and then there's another book, uh, you know, there's a couple books by amputee authors that I like, and it's kind awesome. of their, their stories as well, just because, um, I just thought they were inspiring, but yeah. Well, you are inspiring my friend. I am you. just blown away by your journey and any one of us, you know, in your situation may have done this very differently and, um, be struggling and, and perhaps somebody listening and on this today is really struggling on their own personal journey, whether it's right. similar like you with an amputee or something else going on. And so I just, I appreciate your time and your energy and your beauty and just your sharing your journey with, with me. And then whoever yeah. else catches this too, it's, it, you're incredible. It's, it's really amazing yeah. to watch you these last few years. So um, I forgot one other thing you just reminded yeah. me. So good about struggles, like 
I am a generally optimistic person, but I think um, dark humor and uh, um, really inappropriate coping <laughs> like jokes, like I, I've used those, like, you know, when, when you get people that say, what well, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, I have like a million comebacks that are super inappropriate for those. So that has helped me a lot. And yeah. that's also like, like funny, dark humor was a good coping mechanism mm -hmm. when I was in nursing school too. Um, yeah. Just with a small group of friends, you know, um, but also I do have really dark times and dark moments. Mm -hmm. And like I was telling you before I started journaling again. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just talk to somebody who is like, a friend, but not like my spouse or mm -hmm. my sibling, because you don't want to burden people. And, sure. um, that is normal. I don't show that side of me very often, but, but I've talked to my providers before I see a therapist, I've done group therapy, and I feel like I'm an advocate for that. Um, going through a medical experience, you know, like an oncology treatment or multiple surgeries, um, it's depressing. I mean, yeah. I, I've never been clinical depressed, but I've definitely clinically depressed, but I've definitely dealt with depression because right. laying in a bed, being in pain is depressing. Yeah. I mean, it just is. And so just having an outlet, whatever, you know, is helpful. Um, I'm like a huge advocate for therapy. There was a time when I couldn't go to therapy because I was too sick. Mm -hmm. You know, all of my appointments were like finding people to give me rides to chemo and whatnot. Um, but if you are going through, or if you know somebody that's going through that, like an oncology nurse navigator or a therapist or a zoom therapist or anything that somebody offers you like massage or acupuncture, I would say, take it take because it. those things are really, really helpful for your body Absolutely. and your mind. So Absolutely. That's <laughs> perfect. No, I really appreciate that. Cause I think it is sometimes when you're on the outside looking in like, wow, she's done great. She must just be a sunny personality, but right. like you've worked so hard to find what works for you and right. what, what you, you know, what you aspire to do and what you're working hard towards is because that's your path and that's what works for you. And it might not work right. for somebody else, but to just be open to that help, right. um, I think is, is, is important message. So thank you okay, so much. Jen. Jen. Thank you so much. Have a good day.